Yeah, what's up? It's I'ma kick it with the mind, y'all know. It's Yo, can I kick it like Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Steen standing in for uh Reverend Barnett this morning. He took a break. Uh we just welcome you to the show, and we're glad to be here this morning. And uh, I have a special guest, which is a co-host, uh, Miss Joyce Foreman, school board trustee. Good morning, Miss Foreman. How you doing? Good morning. Glad to be here, and thank you for having me. All right. We got a lot to talk about this morning. Uh, first of all, let me start out saying Happy New Year, and I want to continue to celebrate the South Oak Cliff Golden Barrels State Championship, football state championship. We are proud of our Golden Barrels uh, all over Dallas, and we just give a shout out to Coach Todd and all the players and the whole school. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, all right, we back on? All right. Uh, got a new uh, director, I mean, uh, uh, somebody working the, the the board. Phone line working the board this morning. We have to bear with us, but anyway, uh, you can join this conversation at uh, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. I'm getting a lot of static. Uh, right, uh, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. We're going to talk about a lot this morning. Uh, a lot of people excited about the Cowboys. Uh, got a lot going on with this. Uh, coronavirus, uh, schools all over the Metroplex and all over the state, all over the country really are. They don't know what to do. They're shutting down and uh, this virus is out of control uh, and we got a lot. We got uh, some of these school uh, school superintendents are stepping down from their positions. I think uh, Dr. Hinojosa is uh, leaving us. Uh, Ms. Foreman, uh, what's going on with DISD? Well, uh, of course, you know, there's there's quite a bit going on with public education in general. Um, and it's from uh, many aspects, um, starting with uh, just what's going on with the pandemic and how um, the districts are trying to, to handle the coronavirus. Uh, you know, this strand has uh, actually affected our children. So we've got our children and teachers. Uh, schools have, uh, school districts have been shutting down. Uh, but Dallas ISD has not had to do that. Uh, we've had to uh, move testing uh, to the school site so that students and teachers can be tested if needed. Uh, and just trying to make sure that we keep our children as safe as possible. Uh, as you probably know, Dallas ISD, along with uh, some other districts, uh, defied the governor uh, by having a mask mandate. Uh, I stood with the superintendent on that, and I continue to say that we have to take all protective measures as possible to be able to keep our staff and our students as safe as possible. And I'm, I'm glad you said that about defying the, uh, the governor because I was down at the, uh, matter of fact, a couple of board meetings when people come in protesting, they just in defying, they will not wear a mask. And uh, I, me personally believe, I don't think we finna have that big of a problem out of them right now because of what's going on with this new variant of the virus. Uh, 
I was listening to some news outlets and they was criticizing President Biden for not being prepared for what just happened. The whole world was not prepared exactly. for what's happening. So we exactly. can't just blame it on the president. I mean, I, I like what Commissioner Price said. He said testing is all right, but we're going to have to get vaccinated. We're not going to test our way out of this. I mean, testing is just detecting and telling you you got something. If you keep on, if you got cancer or some terminal illness and you go to the doctor and he tells you that's what's wrong with you, you're not going to keep on paying money for him to tell you that's what's wrong. You want some kind of resolution. You want a cure for what what's going on. So, I mean, people might not like the idea of taking uh, the vaccine, but uh, I didn't like it, but uh, I took it. And uh, it saved a lot of people's lives because people still getting sick. But they're not, some of them that have been vaccinated are not sick enough Well. It's life-threatening, and I think that's very important. And you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. And we're not going to pin you down just talking about what we're talking about. If it's something important on your mind, you can call in and, and discuss it. Uh, I may not be in agreement. Uh, I may not even know what you're talking about, but I will allow you to put it out if you know what you're talking about. Uh, we're coming up against an election. A lot of judges' seats are up right now. I don't. When is the district attorney uh, race coming? Is that November? I believe so. I think that's November. Uh, we got a lot of judges' seats that's coming up for vacancy or, or just election right now. And there's some new challenges out here. Some new new blood. Uh, and one thing, Ms. Foreman, I, I like what you said, because uh, you are the elected official. We elected you to represent us over in District 6 on the school board. And uh, I think Dr. Hinojosa, I think he can just select who's going to take his place, his replacement. And I like how you address that. And you say, no, we're not, that ain't how we do it here. I mean, uh, that's that's not the the policy. The, the Dallas ISD uh, Board of Trustees hire actually two people. That's the superintendent and the internal auditor. Uh, but you have a faction on the board that wants complete control, and so therefore they were trying to uh, allow the superintendent to bring in somebody that would they thought would be his successor. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I don't want to shirk my responsibility. I don't want to shirk the, the uh, community who put me on the board to make sure that we had a superintendent that we could all work with. And so I am actually calling for a national search uh, for the next superintendent. And uh, I've also um, asked the board president to go back and look at the way we uh, selected the last superintendent. All right. I think we have a call on the line. Now, who do we have? Yes. We have Tony. Tony? Mm-hmm. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good morning, great. Tony. Tony, before you get started, uh, I, you know, I, I hear you laughing. You know where I'm finna go. <laughs> well, I don't think the person we discussed last time is running. Uh, and before you go, you, let me know who you like in this race. I watched Monday Night Politics when... Uh, the different people that's running for Congress, uh, Ed Bernice Johnson seat, which, by the way, I think 
a lot of people is displeased with her calling herself going announce who's her predecessor going to be but that's not how politics works but go ahead Tony what's on your mind okay I'll just say later but yes the elephant in the room um, especially to the deltas there anyway um, uh, I, it, it's interesting how in the host of the China B um, king maker or queen maker I must say as how he played this he's going to be around till the next superintendent and help and all this. And it's interesting that no, no other board member has made any statement. Trustee Foreman is only one person. They know this. And when Flores said that he, he, he in a statement he made years, years ago that he can bypass a national search, they already got the fix in anyway. Now the thing is this, if they do this, that's cool, but don't change it when somebody, when, 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 if black people get power again, they won't do the same thing. And then one calls their racism. And, and, and my thing is, Justin Henry, so is silent. He's been silent for a lot of stuff lately. I guess he's busy working, you know, he's not really active like he used to be. Maybe that's uh, the problem, but at the end of the day, it's just, the reason why they brought the lady from Denver here was her, was her to become the next superintendent. One left, the one that went to Austin left, and she left, and she left with a cloud of smoke behind her because it, there was some issues, and and, and and so and so she had to leave in, in a sense. But and then again, she might try to come back. I don't know. But what, what you see right now is you see her play for power, for and black and and, and, and and Hispanic. At the end of the day, white people gonna rule that group anyway, and her. It's the lady from Denver. She ain't nothing but a puppet as well as, as uh, and Hosea was a puppet. Now, everybody is, is, not, is saying, hey, he is the superintendent of the year. I, I'm not sure he ain't done anything. He has done something. But the fact of it is this. You had almost 13, 14 years. Now the question is this. Out of all stuff you've done in the past couple of years, now the pandemic shit. Now you're going to see how bad the pandemic has played on academics. And I don't, and I don't think if you're a superintendent, you want to be in charge at that time because now, because the excuse is going to be the pandemic. But guess what? I'm gonna leave on a good note while my name is good, and I can I'll make the arguments about the, the, the lagging test scores, what we gonna do? Because basically, and the host did three things, and, and, and if you pay attention to Dallas ISD politics. They always bring people in to do jobs. He was the finish uh, Miles, uh, uh, Superintendent Miles uh, thing for us in the pay, and he got this bond pass. They don't need him no more. He's done. He can't do no more for the district now because the, the Dallas Citizen Council got everything they wanted. They, they got the bond package passed. They got Miles, um, some of Miles, um, Mike Miles' um, agenda done. Bars and the, the, the teacher, uh, whatever that, that teacher pays, it's in a thing. So at the end of the day, what else can a host of does do? And so now the next one is going to have, have a certain agenda. And what they're trying to do is clean the slate so she can focus on academics so she ain't got, she ain't got to be bothered with the politics. But she is politics by itself. And, that, and, that, and that's that part. Now, as far as in District 30, 
there are three more females, two more females, I think and a, a brother's running for, for that spot. I didn't see Dallas politics, but Jasmine is not gonna walk in like I think she thought she would. I think she's gonna have to earn it. I'm not saying I'm vote for her, but there are two or three other, uh, other candidates will find that, that spot. And so, at the end of the day, you know, you, you can talk all on, on, on Facebook, you can talk about Facebook and, 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 uh, and uh, Twitter, at the end of the day, you know, and you can talk about policy, number one, you gotta earn your way in. And because Ebenezer Johnson uh, supported you, that's on one person. I saw, I saw one female that's supported by John Lyle Price and other people. So it's going to be a battle you know, for, for, for that dirty. So nobody's going to walk in unscathed. So, and I'm going to leave y'all with that and um, this stop there. Thank you. All right, well, thank you for your uh, call and coming. Tony, you are very observant. You know, you keep up with the, and we had more informed voters. We can get some quality leadership in here, but still just people just coming in managing us. We can get some quality leadership. Uh, Miss Foreman, I heard you say uh, that the board hires two people and that's the superintendent and the auditor. And the internal auditor. Well, did the internal auditor resign, quit, or what happened with the auditor? So the the previous internal auditor did uh, resign. Uh, there is a new internal auditor that the board has hired, um, and so th that that um, position is filled and and is working. Uh, but I want to touch on just a couple of things that uh, Tony said. He's um, very observant, and of course. Um, Susanna Cordova was bought in by Dr. Hinojosa to be his replacement, and he actually has said that in the past. But my, my position never changed um, in regards to who needs to be the next superintendent. Of course, there are politics on the board, and there are people uh, maneuvering to be able to try to put in who they want. Uh, my, I believe that we need to put in the best person that can do the job, the best person that can do the job. And so whether that be Susanna Cordova or someone else, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I do know that um, in this region, probably seven or eight superintendents have resigned recently or they're leaving their districts. And uh, Tony, I think um, part of that has to do with uh, what you talked about of the pandemic and the academics because I think you're gonna see a huge academic slide based on what has happened with the pandemic and the virtual learning. And uh, a lot of people are struggling with that and don't want that on their resume. Right. And so they're, they're, they're moving on, but at the same time, we still have to educate these children, uh, even knowing uh, those issues are in front of us and we're gonna have to have the resources from the state and from the federal government to be able to allow us uh, to do the things that we need to do. We're struggling with just teachers. In general, we can't get enough teachers because they beat down the teachers so much that now these people are not wanting to teach. And and so it's, it's a multifaceted um, situation, but um, 
most of us that would be listening uh, know that um, through education, you can make tremendous change in one's life. And so we have to stay laser focused on uh, having the best educational system that we possibly can. And while I'm one voice in the wilderness, I'm a loud voice. And I'm going to continue to fight for what I believe is right. Well, I don't know about the wilderness, but uh, do we have another caller? Uh, we do have callers, Rose, but uh, we have an announcement first. Uh, so, Rose, if you could just hold on a moment. Let me play uh, songs in our break, and we'll be right hold back. Hold on, Rose. We'll be right back with you. You bet. Okay. All right, we're back on church information in open form. I think I got Rose on the line, and you can join this conversation, 972-647-1893. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, both of my beautiful people. My question was, what you started last week, you said that the teachers are struggling. I haven't heard anyone talk about the nurses. The nurses in those schools are so overwhelmed about the. Uh, my question is, why can't the parents take their take their the teachers take their staff to the clinic, their doctors, their primary care provider? Why they put that total responsibility on the nurses when they have uh, the nurses that have like uh, kids with special needs, and that is so overwhelming for them, and it's just like it's out of control. So. Why has not Hina Hosel or the nurses supervisor gotten and had those nurses to tell those parents, those teachers, to go to their own primary care physician? Because, you know, that's overwhelming for the nurse. She's already doing her job. And then you give her another job to do? Really? Uh, Rose, good morning. Good morning. Uh, a couple of things. First, I, I have not heard that from the nurses. Oh, it's there. Oh, yeah. I, well, I haven't heard it from the nurses. Uh, and, in fact, um, my understanding is that uh, many people are glad that, that there is testing in the schools because sometimes the parents don't take the kids for testing. And so if, if a... Yeah, that's, if, that's their responsibility. Well, it might be their responsibility, but it's also our responsibility to make sure that all the students in the schools and the staff are safe. Uh, that's this pandemic. Uh, let me say, if the nurses don't do it, then who's going to do it? This pandemic has created situations that none of us were prepared for. And while the nurses have taken on extra duties, we've had other people to have to take on extra duties, too, and that includes the teachers. And so my, my position is that um, there's an understanding that during the pandemic, there's going to be extra duties, including extra duties for me as a trustee who is not paid. Um, I'm spending more time at schools than I've ever spent before uh, based on the pandemic. And I, uh, I just haven't heard that from nurses. I certainly will ask the question about that um, from my nursing services, but I just haven't heard that they were overwhelmed. Because you gotta remember, Rose, in some of our schools, there's less than 200 kids. Oh, no, I know one school where there's about 800. Well, there's, some of them are larger schools, but in, yeah, in many of our schools, 
it's less than 200 kids. But it, everything goes back to the parents. Everything, I'm not going to bombard no school. I'm going to take my kids to the doctor. We take our kids everywhere else. We go out of town, we come back. Take them to your doctor, your primary care physician. Let them be accountable instead of overwhelmed with the school. That's my thing about it. It's just overwhelmed for the nurses. But you will hear about it. Nobody's saying anything about it. It's like they're not saying a lot of things. But the nurses have, have taken on a responsibility beyond their repair. Well, I totally agree with you that parents have some responsibility, but as you probably know, a lot of the doctor's offices are not doing testing. That's that's not a that's not what they're doing. We're having to set up testing centers everywhere, uh, throughout throughout the country, setting up testing centers because the doctor's offices don't have the test. So well, you just said the centers. What what about like again? It goes back to the parents. It is not the school's responsibility. The parents have, like you say, self claim. Let them venture out. They venture doing everything else they want to do. But be, be a responsible, accountable parent and take care of your family. So you bring in all these kids for the nurse to be tested. What about her well-being? What about her health? It goes back to the parents. Well, everybody's well-being, Rose, everybody's well-being and health should be taken into consideration. I personally don't like going into the schools as much as I do, uh, but I do it. But I do it. And, and so, we, I mean, this is just a situation that is um, kind of devastating to all of us. But I, I, uh, I will go back and talk to nursing services and see if um, what the deal is, because as a trustee, I haven't heard that the nurses feel they're overwhelmed based on this. Oh, you haven't heard, but you, if you knew what was taking place, nobody said that everybody's on the, on the down or hush, hush, quiet. Why, why would they not say it, Rose? A lot of people, the nurses have quit. They have quit. What teachers, nurses, cafeteria workers, bus drivers, superintendents, everybody. <laughs> a lot of people I, are leaving I public education. All I'm just saying is the parents, let them be responsible, put responsibility back on the parent, on the parent. My parent had 12 kids, the parent, not the teachers. The teachers, are, the first parent is the teacher, your parent is the first teacher. So therefore, parents run there, the teachers run it, go take your kids yourself. Rose, I appreciate I, yes, ma'am. I appreciate your position. Thank you so much for being so concerned. Thank you, Rose. And uh, I will say this right here: uh, when we when it comes down to schools, and uh, I agree with Rose about uh, parents not you know shunning they shunning their responsibilities because a lot of these kids have no home training, uh, and I mean they come to schools they just come to school with all their issues and lay it on the teacher. And that's why we had, look at the police department. That's what the police department was saying. They was overwhelmed from trying to deal with mentally ill people, uh, mm -hmm. disgruntled children. So it's a, a community problem. And I understand what you're saying, Rose. But we thank you for your call and thank you for your support. And you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. And you can join Reverend Barnett tomorrow. Uh, Heavenly Joy Church on Marion Barnett Senior on Facebook. Join Heavenly Joy Church tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning. And I think we have another caller. Who do we have? Yes. <clears throat> Line one is Tasha. Good morning, Tasha. Well, good morning. How you doing, sir? Doing great. How about yourself? 
I'm doing good. I want to commend Mrs. Rose and just let her know that I feel her pain. Um, it is a, a tremendous uh, thing that we're going through with the pandemic and everything. But I just want Miss Rose to be encouraged. Absolutely. And let her know that we're all overwhelmed with the pandemic. My name is Tasha. And um, I've been dealing with the COVID-19 um, because I do the testing and the swapping for the different um, people that are doing the hiring for the COVID testing. And I agree with Miss Rose. I mean, some of the responsibility is the parent, um, but it's the responsibility of each individual themselves, how they protect themselves. That's where the, the pandemic has gotten out of control, is we've gotten too comfortable and we've taken our masks off. And then now that the pandemic is taking its course, everybody wants to be mad. But what about those that didn't want to get vaccinated? Right. What about those that were not getting Absolutely. their children vaccinated? What about the ones that wouldn't even get their parents vaccinated? Everybody was against the vaccination, but scientists have shown that it helped with the numbers, with the virus and the numbers going down. And we were good. We were turning around. But then everybody at the holidays, they go, okay, we're free, you know. And I don't want to talk about the little man in the wheelchair. Everybody knows who he is. But <clears throat> I don't like the simple fact that he was the one that let that mandate be right. Because now that's why we're where we are all over again. In the schools, on our jobs. I work every day out in Tarrant County Public Health. And nobody's wearing a mask. And Hmm. It, it, it's just mind-boggling to me. Everybody wants to be mad about the virus, but what are you doing to protect yourself? What are you doing to protect each other? Exactly. So I just wanted to just call in and let everybody know that I put myself on the line every day, driving and, and, and babies. I've been doing zero to five. 5 to 15 and 16 up. People are sick out here. And I just want Miss Rose to know that all the responsibility isn't on the parents. It's on everybody right. as an individual. We have to do our part. And so, one last thing I want to say, I know we only have a minute, but I would love to help with the COVID testing in the Dallas Independent School District. I am an independent contractor. I've been trying to find a position where I could come in and help with the whole decision to kind of with the strength. You got a lot of background. Okay. 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 okay, Tasha, uh, a couple of things. Uh, if you have a uh, pencil and paper, you can contact Dallas ISD and just ask for me, Joyce Foreman, and I will try to get you in touch with the right people. Uh, the number is 972 and while you're doing that um, um, uh -huh. I work in a hospital environment uh, okay. and everybody uh, wears a mask uh, consistently uh -huh. uh, and as you probably know you're probably much more aware of this than me is that the bulk of the people that are in the hospital now are the unvaccinated people Yes, They're the unvaccinated people. And we need to yes, put our energy on uh, wearing masks and, and getting people yes. vaccinated. Right. I'm vaccinated yes, and I'm boosted. Oh. 
Yes, ma'am, awareness. And I'm even willing to go into the homes of those people that cannot get in line, those people that don't have access to the vaccines. I am licensed the vaccine as well as law. I can do your COVID testing. I can, you know, it's just so much that we right. can't so, do, but I can't find the right so people we, we in can't, contact with yeah, uh, Tasha. Uh, do you have a pen? Because we got to talk to someone else. You got to move on, Tasha. You ready? You got the number? Yes. 972-925-3720. And just ask for Trustee Joyce Foreman. They will get the message to uh-huh, They will get the message to me, and I will make sure that you are in contact with the people at Dallas ISD that are in charge of that, and then you guys can work it out from there. I got you. Thank you so You're welcome. much. Thank you, Tosh. You guys, y'all guys, stay encouraged and stay safe. Right. You too. You know, you know I was Thank thinking of uh, so many people. You know, they say what's well, their right not to wear a mask. They have a right not to get vaccinated. That's no problem with me. The problem is when you get sick, you think you got a right to get the first ventilator or the best hospital room. So let's, when you're talking about your rights, you know, you got people out here that doesn't have insurance or doesn't have quality health care. And some people, they just don't have the means. But when you're getting... What you, some people can't get what they need and other people are rejecting what they need. So when you reject something, I don't think you ought to be just have a privilege or a right to go to the front of the line to get the best health care. And you, it's supposed to be already there all the time. So we, we have another caller? Yes, we do. Somebody's line is open, too. Who we have? Line four is Mr. Anonymous. Okay. Good morning, Mr. Anonymous. Good morning. How are you? All right. Good, good. I was listening to uh, Miss Rose speak, and I was listening to Miss Tasha speak. Um, both of them have some pretty good points. Uh, I beg a difference, though. I mean, it's it, it, it's a blessing that we do have the schools available to do testing. Um, I also want to say that. If we always had a spot to run to the hospital for the parents to take our children to the hospital and get vaccinated or get tested, then there would be no room for the sick people because this, I mean, because the COVID is real. Right. You know, it's really happening. And that bed that could be used or that time that's used for uh, testing children, parents, um, that could be uh, time used to uh, heal somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I understand so what you're saying. The, you know, on the flip side of that, um, like uh, Miss Tasha was speaking on just now, you have parents that hasn't even been, been vaccinated. You know, then you around people without a mask on. I work in the public every day. You know, five, sometimes six days a week. And I see a lot of people without masks. When you have people like the, the people that was in New York, they built a fire and threw their mask in and said no more masks. But when you got people that's walking around here that don't believe that COVID is real, you know, and then you say, well, I don't know if I want to get the shot or not. I don't know if I want the shot or not. Well, look at this. If it was one person that passed away or 10 people, I'll even say 10 people from COVID, I would say, okay, yeah, it, it's questionable. 
But when you see millions that have passed away from COVID, don't y'all know this thing is real? Right. Absolutely. You have a man that's you have a man that's up there in in, in the wheelchair. Okay. He wants to call shots. But if you remember not long ago when he's calling shots, no mask. He wants to you know try to put a suit against Dallas ISD because they were dropping the mask or, or, or putting the mask back on when he was saying they didn't need it. It wasn't long that he tested positive for COVID. Am I right? Right. Right. And and he had to go into quarantine with a mask on, right? So my thing is this. Do you do these things because you have the power or do you do them because it's the right thing to do? Well, what doesn't happen is politics Mm -hmm. has no place in this and it's in here. So too much politics. Right. We're talking about life and death. Hello. So, exactly. And I understand exactly. what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. And that's my point, that if you're going to neglect all the warning signs, then you want to be the first one, like you say, get a hospital bed, a ventilator, or you want to get the best exactly. medicine out there. When you got people that doesn't have the means, we got people right. that can't get to the testing sites <laughs> or the you vaccine sites. <laughs> you know. Right. They w- and, exactly, and you got people that will come to you to test you. All right. You know what I'm saying? You got people that, like you said, they don't have money. They don't have the insurance. Okay? Yes, I do applaud Miss Rose. I do applaud the school. But here's my thing. If Miss Rose is in the school 24-7, quote, unquote, she's around these kids, wouldn't she want to be around kids that, you know, vaccinated, healthy, right. in a good health? Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, if they're not, then okay, it's, 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 it's my job to do my job. It's your job to do your job. She signed up for a nurse and all those spots signed up for nurses. Yeah, I understand what she's saying. But think of the two. In 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 Miss Rose's defense, hold up for a minute. In Miss Rose's defense, Miss Rose is a volunteer. Uh, right, okay, okay, right, okay. Right, so let's not, you know, okay. let's not get it twisted. Right, right, right. Right. Well well what I'm saying is that the nurses, okay, volunteer nurses, I volunteer as a musician sometimes. Okay? First of all, you pay me for my talent, not my time. God takes care of my, you know, I mean, my time, not my talent. God takes care of my talent. But now, it's our job to go around and to be helpful to people that we can be helpful for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, I, I help in certain areas, you know, I'm pretty sure she helps in certain areas too, as well. But at the end of the day, I see it like this. We all need a village. Not just one person. It takes a village. Our children, they're lacking. Right. They're lacking parents in the home. You know, the guys in the home, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the leadership in the home, right. the, the biblical structures in the home of, 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 of saving, you know, certain folks don't know that, right. you know. That's but a- at the end of the day, it's like everybody's suffering. Right. That's all I want to say. Well, all right. We thank you for your calling. And feel free to call back anytime. I think we're up against a short break. Everybody on the line, uh, hang on now. And I'm going to try to get it going a little fast. I know we kind of long-winded, but we're going to try to get it going. So- We'll be right back. All right, we're back on the air. We, y'all borrow with us. We got a new producer this morning, I think. It's, what's your name again? Uh, it is Gene. All right, good. Gene is working with us. Y'all work with us as we work with Gene. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I know a lot of people are frustrated, but let me, let me say this right here. COVID-19 is taking us to some 
places we never been. We're not used to this. This is all this is new ground. So people are we got experimental <clears throat> drugs, experimental everything going on right now. So uh, we just have to try to work our way through. I know it's frustrating, and you know, and there's no time to point the fingers of who dropped the ball because nobody know how to handle the ball because nobody had to, 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 to run this type of defense before. Nowhere in the world has this has ever happened. So it's easy to point fingers and criticize people, but uh, the people that's out that's trying to do something, uh, I applaud them. It's the people that's not trying to do nothing and stop the efforts. That's what we're having a problem at because I say this COVID-19, too much politics in it. So who do we have next? Uh, Yes, uh, line one is Dr. Edward. Uh -huh. Oh, good morning. We got a doctor. Thank you, Dr. Edwards. Hey, we Dr. Need a, Edwards to the rescue. Yeah, yep. we need a bailout. So, <laughs> good morning, Dr. Edwards. Are you with us, Dr. Edwards? I guess he bailed uh, out. Hello? No, <laughs> there he is. No, no, this is not Dr. Edwards. I'm sorry. I, I was just calling in, and it, it, it come on me. It sounds like Bill. Yeah, it's Bill. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Doctor Edwards, don't yeah, leave us. Come on, come on, Bill. No. Okay, yes, I. Uh, uh, good morning, Ike and, and Miss Foreman. Good morning. Uh, yes, uh, I was listening to you, and you're so right about the unvaccinated. It's just so it, it is is a travesty in America mm -hmm. that they, they politicize this, uh, uh, politicize the pandemic, and it's you know it seems like we're never going to get out of this. Because of, because of people that are unvaccinated and not wearing the mask and whatnot, you know, they, they, they get the feeling, you know, it's just, I don't know what it's going to take. I guess it's going to take thousands and thousands more dying, you know, uh, to, to convince these people. But, you know, we just, uh, I congratulate all the school teachers and the nurses and all the hospital workers and doctors that are dealing with this pandemic. And, uh, Dealing with with us, basically, some of us that, that, that won't do right, right, won't, you know, just just won't just won't adhere to the vaccines and whatnot. They just they politicized it, and it's a travesty. It, it's a dark day in America, and I hate to be so down about it, but you know, take care of yourselves. All my brothers and sisters, take care of yourselves. Yes. Vaccinate yourselves if you're not. Wear your mask, and do the best you can to protect your family. All right, thank you, Bill. Thank you for that call, and and Bill. the other the other thing, Bill, is thank to. To try to educate other people about getting right. vaccinated, we, we've got to do our part in educating uh, anybody that we speak to that is unvaccinated uh, about the importance right. of getting vaccinated and the importance of wearing a mask. You are protecting right. yourself and right. others, so we got to do a Absolutely lot more right. work in what we do. All right. So thank you for thank your call, you. Bill. Uh, who do we have next? Uh, Doctor Edward is online too now. Are you sure? Because I need him. <laughs> I need a doctor in the house. <laughs> good morning, Dr. Edwards. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Uh, doing doing uh, great. great. I, I, that, that's actually who needs to be the superintendent. Should be <laughs> that, that is the superintendent. Just don't tell nobody. That is the superintendent. <laughs> you're asking me a question, but you know. I think you're biased, Dr. Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I wanted to wanted to just chime in on this and, and bring a different perspective. But I think that you all have pretty much, pretty much touched on all of the the points that really makes this work. First of all, we have a we have a a, a pretty pretty bad health system here in the in the United States anyway. 
I mean, top to bottom, okay? It's, it's a very, very poor health system. Now, we spend the most, but we have the poorest results if you compare it to 11 other industrialized nations, okay? So we, we that that's politics. And I think that you said that, uh, Brother Leon, is, is uh, that, that political way with all is, is, is tearing this whole thing, as bad as it was, is not helping a whole lot. We're in Dallas. Let's just take Dallas, for instance. We got 41 hospitals, 39 of them on the north side, and we only got two on the south side. So I was planning on retiring, but I said I'm not going to retire. I'm going to open up an urgent care clinic. We're going to be open seven days a week, okay? And we're going to try and close the gap. So I think everybody has to do their part. But we all... There's something wrong with that picture, don't y'all think so? There's 39, there's 41 hospitals, and only two of them is on, uh, on where there's a million people. And then there's 39 where there's another million people. There's something wrong with that picture. I don't know if you call it politics or what a kind of tick it is, but it's some kind of tick that would that divides up the 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 health care. Uh, we don't have primary care doctors in, in Oak Cliff. We got we have more of a a, 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 it's more of a corporate type medicine. You know, it's Parkland or it's Baylor. It, and, and we've already shown that blacks do a lot better outcome wise when they see another black doctor. And so, I mean, I think this thing has just kind of got a stew to it that we need to all keep in, in mind. And we, we all have to do our part or try to do our part. And I, I'm tired. I mean, I saw 27 people a couple of weeks ago. 24 of them had COVID of the 27. Uh, I mean, this is in one shift. How many of them were vaccinated, uh, Dr. Edwards? Uh, probably half of them. Hmm. Okay. So you, you've got, you've got a, uh, it's just a real, we have a real tough problem here in America, and particularly when you're African-American, uh, you, you know, the totem pole goes down a little bit lower. So, um, I, it's politics, it's, it's personal responsibility, it's policy. So I think when you add those three together, you, you probably can come up with, with some solutions. But we ought to be ashamed of ourselves uh, of, of not being prepared for this pandemic uh, when the task force actually was abolished in 2018 by uh, President Trump. Uh, we would have been at least somewhat ahead of the game, but we're behind the A ball right now, and we just got to work our way. Right. All right, Dr. Edwards, we thank you for your call and all the information because we need to understand that we're in a war zone right here. So uh, you can join this conversation, 972-647-1893. You don't have to just talk about the pandemic because... It is here. You can talk about what you want to talk about. And who do we have next? Well, we don't have a caller, but uh, this uh, woman named Joyce called, and uh, she wants to announce a free food giveaway in Richardson, Texas, by the Christian Food Food Pantry at 741 South Sherman Street, and that's in Richardson. And that occurs on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. each of those days. I'll read that again because you might have called them off guard. Okay, yeah, it's a free food giveaway 
at 741 South Sherman Street in Richardson. And it happens on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. All right. And you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. And we all uh, got an election. You know, people are already uh, campaigning uh, for judge seats in different uh, seats. We got, uh, I think, in November, that's when your Congress seat is up and we'll be trying to elect a new congressperson over in District 30 and other districts also. And when you look at things like the pandemic and other issues we have, and like Dr. Ed was talking about uh, health care in the southern sector, you need to go vote. And voting is very important. I was looking at uh, the news, and uh, it was talking about a lot of these mail-in ballots are being uh, rejected based on little stuff like your social security number uh, wasn't on there. And, uh, and what gets me about they want you to put your social security number and your driver's license number on something you finna mail to somebody who you don't know anything about. And we already got enough problem with identity theft and how are they gonna secure your, uh, your information when you mailing it in? You know, there's a lot of things going on that I do not understand that this government is trying to, not the government, but this Texas government is trying to suppress your vote. We have to wake up, as uh, Miss Arnold would say, and Miss Arnold, speaking of waking up, you need to wake up and give Joyce a call this morning because we are here and we need you to call in and let us know what's going on in the city because I don't know if a lot of people know, but your county tax office is closed uh, for face-to-face uh, operations. Uh, you can do it online or by the phone, but you can't go in there and pay your taxes and get your registration, and we got some issues going on, and people are frustrated. People are off work. The county is trying to hold the few employees on the clock that they can because the pandemic is taking them out. So you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. Can I, um, I'd like to go back to Dr. Edwards. Right. And Dr. Edwards' uh, conversation. Uh, I've known Dr. Edwards for a long time and uh, certainly have applauded his work as a medical doctor in this city for years. And I want him to know that he cannot retire. If I got to keep going, he's got to keep going. And that's an announcement, Dr. Edwards. And I, and, uh, and I wait his call, uh, his personal call to me later. But he cannot retire. Dr. Edwards has been a warrior for the community for more years than I want to think about and has been up against this same challenge. But what I will say about when he asks about the hospitals on the southern side. Uh, one of the things that I'm keenly aware of is redlining doesn't just mean banks. Right. It, it doesn't mean banks. It means that you are 
segregating a portion of the citizens um, to um, make sure that there are things that they need that are not there. If you think about housing, you think about uh, medical facilities, you think about banks, think about jobs. Many of our uh, people from the southern sector have to ride the train to get to the jobs on the north side. Think about schools. You think about schools. I mean, it's just a situation that we found ourselves in and that we've continuously fought throughout the years. I am so glad that he is opening up a clinic, along with his daughter, um, to try to serve uh, the people who need to be served. So when you talk about COVID and the unvaccinated, who are the most people that's unvaccinated? People on that side of town. Remember when the Fair Park opened up and the vaccinations were in? Remember who was coming to Fair Park to get vaccinated? It wasn't South Dallas, but I was there. And the lines was devastating. And so what we got to do is open up our eyes. And then when people of color get in these positions, don't close the door behind you. Your, your job is to open the door and to invite others in to participate. Does that mean that you're always going to agree on every issue? Of course not. I cannot fight all the time on the issues. But it's okay because the fact is, is that we're educating each other through the process. And so we've got to do a better job of, of creating those kinds of situations and creating additional opportunities for other people to get to the table to be able to address the issues. I'm, I'm glad you said that about creating opportunities because, you know, I talk to young people. And a lot of them are running, some of them are running for office and doing different things. They didn't want to be in leadership positions, which is great. That's what we want to do. We want to bring up, train up, bring along, exhort young and energetic leaders, people that can take over and do things. But they, some, so many of them have this... Uh, I guess they got an identity theft. I mean, identity of a crisis. They don't understand who they are or, or what has been done to get them into positions. You know, uh, they think that these good jobs and these fine homes and quality education is just something that just fell out of the sky. People fought and died and was in prison. You know, we had dogs turn on us and water hoses, and we worked. We know we clean trash cans instead of some of the stuff. They y'all cleaning computers. We wash dishes and clean floors. And what I'm trying to say is, this thing has to go on. And you're you're not entitled to anything. That's the problem with some people. Not all our young people, but some people think that they are entitled and they'll have uh, the conversation that uh oh, that old person need to move out the way and let me do this right here. But that old person is the one that paved the way for you to get to where you are. Uh, when I look at things that, uh, that's going on, you know, even the Bible tells us he called the young because they strong, but he called the old because they know the way. Nice. And uh, it's not that older people try to hold young people back. They try to give them wisdom and, and let them understand because the education that you're bragging about, somebody paid for that. And I'm not talking about tuition. I'm talking about through blood. Mm -hmm. 
People die, you know, all these colleges and I look at all these football and basketball players and all that and uh, I, I listen at I look at South Old Cliff and they talk about how long ago it's been since a team won a, a state championship in Texas. But Reverend Barnett will tell you about the history of the UIL. Blacks were not, were not even allowed to be in the UIL. That's correct. They had the Preview League. That's right. So you need to know your history. When we talk about the critical race theory, see, that's what they, we talk about the pandemic and, and uh, 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 academics and all that. But another reason some of these people are, uh, are, are leaving education is because of the critical race theory. They don't want to teach you history or they're being not allowed to teach you history. Slavery was real. We cannot say that, uh, hey, that it never happened. We need to forget about it because that's why they still redlining. That's why we still behind and can't catch up because what's been put in place, white privilege is real. And you have to understand that if you're going to get to where you're trying to get to. I think that's a good segue into um, why uh, communities struggle. And that would not just be the black community, that would also be the brown community. It'd also be a poor white community. That's why we struggle is because we don't understand the makeup and the history. And as we, as we go through the process of learning, I think um, it gives us a better opportunity to be able to uh, move forward because you can't move forward until you know where you are right. or what's behind you. And I think that is the key thing. One of the things that um, Dallas ISD did uh, was create the Mexican-American studies and the African-American studies. Uh, and, and that's based on trying to let people really understand because many of our children are not in a situation where, where they can understand. If, if you recall, look at all the issues at South Lake. Right. Uh, so they're they're in these positions and they don't understand. Right. So all right, we're up against a break and uh, you, you can join us in our second hour nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. We'll be right back. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All of us have our ups and downs. You better think about it or you won't be around. What we need is a little bit of love. All right, we're back on Church Information in open form. I'm Ike Steen, your host, and I'm the co-host is Miss George, former school board trustee, District 6, the godmother of DISD, and as I promised, we're going to get the calls. Do we have another caller? We, got seven. we do have Malcolm on line one. That's what I like. We got an attorney. Good morning, Malcolm. Well, how are you doing? I had a question for you, but I'm going to let you get your thoughts together and go. Good morning, go. Malcolm. How are you doing, Miss Foreman? I'm great. <laughs> History. Long time friend. I know, absolutely. We go back a long way. We got a lot of history, right? Oh, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can teach a class. <laughs> That's right. And, and I'm glad y'all said that because we need to start documenting some of these. We, these people are getting on up in age, and we need to. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not, not trying gonna, to be not funny. Go, we're not going to take that bath. No, no, listen to what I'm saying. Hear, hear, hear me out. And he's close, so I can do a, a oh, yeah. can, okay? But we need, we need this history documented <laughs> because some of the stuff Malcolm say and George say, um, you know, and, and we need to pass this information on so we can keep on moving. But uh, go ahead, Malcolm, and give us some history. Well, well, you know, uh, I didn't intend. I always intended to listen. You know, I, I was on last week, so I, I was, I was relaxed. You're always welcome. <laughs> but, but when you mentioned critical race theory, then, then you know that caused me to kind of uh, perk up a little bit. Well, I should have opened the show up talking about critical <laughs> race theory. If I know that was going to wake you up. <laughs> well, well, and so I, what I wanted to do is to share. Uh, a recent experience with you and, and the, the experience is let me just say this uh, real quick the you know as an attorney uh, licensed in Texas we are required to uh, continuing legal education and 15 hours of continuing legal education as a minimum to keep your license in the state of Texas so you know, uh, I was behind on my hours, and I got to get, get them in before my birthday. So I, t- I started taking classes. So yesterday, I took uh, a class, and uh, the first time in, in years, they had a class online for attorneys dealing with race. That was the best class I ever took. <laughs> they had an attorney on there and dealing with critical race theory. And she started from 1492, when Columbus was supposed to have discovered America, and brought it all the way up to 2022 in terms of the impact of race in America. And it was outstanding. And I I just wanted to mention and highlight that and we have to find a way to communicate that to the general public. We in the legal profession, uh, because it really clarifies some of where we are today. And uh, hopefully, with people with minds like you all can help us to be able to do that. So it was a class on the critical race that they taught to attorneys, which is great. I wish they would teach it to the teachers, for they can teach it to the kids, but I guess that's too much like right. Well, see, the fact of the matter that the critical race theory type of doctrine was taught, is taught in law school in third year of your legal education, and that's been ongoing for a number of years, starting in the 70s. And that's when I was in law school. And we, we are the one, our generation of, of attorneys are the one, was the one that actually put pressure on the, on the legal profession to highlight that. And that was because of the fact that when we were exposed to the law books in law class, they had information in there that you couldn't even stay on, 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 on TV now the way they characterized after Americans. Uh, they, they, had to clean, they cleaned up the law books. So that focused on a number of uh, attorneys and law professors in, at Harvard who put together the critical race theory 
class to be taught in the law schools. And so we were familiar with it. So they had to, hold up, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt. So they had to clean up the law books, which is, you know, the law on how they talk to you in the courtroom or how they define you. How they were teaching us in uh, the classroom, they used, you know, the law books had cases in the actual cases that were written by, uh, that were decided by judges and taught in the, in the law school to law students. And when we went in there, at least when I went in there, uh, when I started law school in the early 70s, the terminology that was used to teach the law students was racist. And they used N-words all the time in deciding cases. And it was brought out of class, just like it was no big deal. And so we fought against that, how the law was being taught to law students in law school. And I think that's part of what started it, uh, the focus on the, the effect of race in terms of America. And so when I took that uh, continuing legal education class yesterday, and they went through, I was just, I, that was the best class I had. <laughs> so I, we have to find a way to continue to focus on that, communicate on that, because that's the history of America. And we can't run away from that. Right. And it's embedded into our laws, and our practice, our constitution, everything. Everything. And the reason why, reason why there are some people fighting against it, because they know and they see the end of the line for them. When you said end of the line, let me let me uh, get a clarification. Are you talking about uh, what I like to call white privilege? White privilege, yes. White supremacy, mm-hmm. yes. That's the end. The end. Of, they see the end of the line. That's why they're fighting so much. All right. Well, let, let me ask you one more question before I let you go. You know, and I, I, I'm critical of the news media sometimes. That's why I like this show right here, where Reverend Barnett let different people come on and give other versions of the news of what's going on in the community. Now, I was looking at the the news and the the. The leader of the Oak Keepers, you know, uh, was named Stuart Rose, I think, and he was arrested for sedition. And uh, I'm not surprised, but what surprised me is why we never knew he lived right here in Texas. Uh, did you know that? But maybe I missed the tune, missed the news. I maybe I was asleep. Well, they say he moved here a year and a half ago. Now, a year and a half ago would mean that he moved here before the, in 2020. Right. Well, not, uh, yeah, 2020. And they didn't know why he moved here. But they know that his operation, if he lived here in 2020, a year and a half ago, and uh, the insurrection was only a year ago, so that operation come out of Texas. Well, he, he, he it, it, it may not have started here in Texas, but he moved to Texas to run the operation a year and a half ago for some reason. Right. Obviously, he's very comfortable here. 
I mean, this <laughs> Texas, in terms of the leadership in, in, in Texas, I'll be better coverage, huh? Why wouldn't you be comfortable in Texas? All right. You know right. what I'm saying? Well, all right, Malcolm. We anything else on your mind? I don't want to cut the law off. I got I got other callers. Well, yeah, well, I'm glad you got other callers. I, uh, uh, the, I, I'll just say uh, the trustee foreman that she's doing an outstanding job down there on the school board, and Thank you. Uh, she can share a lot of. She has a lot of experience and history here in in Dallas, and she can share that. She doesn't really come out. I think she's a little shy about <laughs> sharing the information, but she can tell you some experiences that occurred here uh, in Dallas in terms of the the evolution of right. uh, where Dallas is now, and uh, going all the way back in the eighties. That that's that's when I I think I first met uh, Trustee Foreman. Right. So you have a you have a gold mine. So maybe uh, we need to use it more. Right. Thank you. And thank you, Malcolm. And you're a gold mine yourself. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I, I like it when we talk about history. Uh, Miss Foreman, we got a call on the line, but I'm going to say this. You remember when we had to fight, or they had to fight, you know, and uh, when they built uh, the big ball downtown and they wanted to put a calf on there, mm-hmm. and it was a big discussion about which way was the butt going to turn, and they wanted the, the back of the cow to, <laughs> the, the, the face the face South <laughs> Dallas. Face so, <laughs> so it's been a fight on everything. So uh, who do we have? Next. Line two, we have Chris. Chris. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Malcolm. Uh, good morning, Chris. Yes, I'm calling because uh, regarding the mask. And because they were saying, oh, wear a mask, which is good. But last year, I think I heard, didn't Biden say that if you if you got vaccine, was no need to wear the mask. And if you didn't, you have to wear the mask. And I believe, like, around summertime, you know, I would go to the store and I would say, okay, if I saw this one with a mask on, he's not vaccinated. No mask, you are vaccinated. So I don't understand what's really going on because I know people who were vaccinated and still tested positive. But it's a good thing to be tested negative, which is good. And I do believe that we wear a mask, but it's... Um, we are talking about people who's not wearing a mask, is not vaccinated. We don't know that for sure. The people who are vaccinated to me, I believe, do wear Who? Well, I think now, ma'am, I think they're telling everybody to wear a mask, whether you're vaccinated yes, or not. Yes, I do like that. That is good. But then, you know, it's not all the people's fault. They were told, okay, if you're not vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. So, so, so Chris, we see I, people walking around with no, with a, a mask. So we say, yeah, they're vaccinated. So I think the okay. the rules and the policies have evolved with COVID. Oh, I think that um, there are changes, and we should be ready to shift when we need when we need to shift, so that uh, we stay uh, current with what is going on. And I think Ike is absolutely correct. Whether vaccinated or not, they are now asking us to uh, wear a mask. I never stopped wearing a mask. Um, I work in a hospital environment, and I never stopped wearing a mask whenever I went out, simply because it 
actually protects people from you if you're sick. And if the person that is sick don't have on a mask, it doesn't protect you from that person. And so we, uh, we need to be uh, cautious of what we do, when we do it, and how we do it. And specifically going around large crowds. If there are people that don't have a mask on, you need to get away from them. That's my opinion. Right. That, yeah. That's because, you need to um, you need to steer the other way. Right. Yeah, and just not wearing a mask. Yeah, wear your mask. Stay safe. Stay protected. Uh, use your hand sanitizer as much as possible because unfortunately, we as human beings put our hands in our face far too often. Right. <laughs> And, and so, there are some people who do not wear hand sanitizer. They go to the store and they don't even get the little wipey. Oh, well. Some stores have right. no wipes. Yeah. Right. Well, you got some people that's going to buck up against the system no matter what. No matter what. what. But you just, you stay current with what, what the ask is and make sure that the people around you are, are also current right. with what, what the ask right. is. Right, because this thing is steady moving and you know, it's steady changing yeah. and we thank you for your call. But I will say thank this, you, you know, uh, your former president told everybody, you know, don't worry about it. Just drink your little bleach. And uh, I didn't hear nobody. <laughs> I don't think too many people have done that. So we got another call. Uh, yes, we have a concerned citizen on line three. Good morning, concerned citizen. Good morning to uh, every one of you. Good morning. Good morning. And especially Sister Foreman. We, we love you. Thank uh, you so and, much. And, and when I say we, and, and those that don't take that, uh, well, I, I can't do nothing. Don't even worry about that. We know we love it. Just continue on. <laughs> uh, it, it is one thing I want to say. God is in control. Yes. We cannot control death. I don't care how many shots that we have. Uh, God has a calling in this world today, and at this time, He has a calling. He has a calling. Our health system have always been broke. And now, what I don't like about uh, the virus uh, media and what they talk about is too many mixed messages. Now we got uh, health care. Uh, officials and things now they arguing against one another what is best what is that there's too many mixed messages and the temptations put out a song and it and it has now hit up in a big time a ball of confusion the world is in a old ball right, of confusion right. mm -hmm. There's too much confusion, and nobody can get to the main thing. Um, you, you used to hear that they were saying testing, testing, testing. You don't hear anything too much about vaccinations anymore or where you can go get a vaccination. That, that's something. <clears throat> and i like to say another thing about Texas. And my sister Foreman, I always know, Texas has always been racist and always will be until we can do something about it. All right. Well, we thank you for your call. And uh, 
I have to agree with you there because we do celebrate Juneteenth. So I'm, I'm going to call and stay on the line, and we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Form. I'm Einstein, your host. The beautiful lady sitting next to me, uh, co-hosting is Miss Joyce Foreman, trustee Miss Joyce Foreman, District 6 in Dallas ISD. And we're talking about a variety of subjects. And uh, uh, you can join the conversation, 972-647-1893. And you can also join Pastor Miriam Barnett tomorrow at Heavenly Joy Church on Facebook, Miriam Barnett Sr. on Facebook. All right, who do we have? Line one, we have David. Good morning, David. How you doing, uh, sir, Miss Farmer? Doing great. How about yourself? How you doing, sir? Oh, I got, I got peace of mind. Amen. But could you explain something to me? When you die from a virus, they have to cremate you. The reason they have to cremate you because a virus will go through a steel casket in five years. It won't go through the urn, but it will go through steel. Tell me how is a mask that's made out of paper gonna keep the virus off of you? The only thing keep the virus off of you is you have a high immune system and you ain't no heavy pork eater. Oh. See, pork, you eating pork creates this virus to attack your system if your immune system is down. I don't see nowhere in the world. Could you explain to me, how is this paper mask going to stop a virus that's outborn and it'll go through steel? Right. I, 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 I would love for somebody to well, explain that let me, to me. Let me say this right here. I don't know if your facts are correct. Uh, well, I, I've been to funerals and people got, died of COVID, and I don't remember them getting cremated. getting cremated. So, uh, because time you die from a virus, you can go Google it. They got to burn you, brother. I understand what you're saying, but I don't know if it's factual, so I'm not going to argue that. Maybe some of the people that works in uh, uh, in the funeral homes can give us a call uh, to see if this factual or to clear this up. All you got to do is Google. This has been going on all over the world from ancient times when you die from a virus. Well, let me say this right here, and I got other callers, but you can Google anything and get any kind of answer. Google is not law. Is no, a lot of stuff you Google is not accurate, but I don't know if that's accurate. I'm not going to argue it. Yeah. So, that's but what I, I would love somebody to explain that. I would love for them to explain it to me, too, because I'm baffled. I done been to too many funerals, and we wind up at the grave site, and, they, and everybody's ready, and this person done died of COVID. So, uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for your call, and, uh, uh, and, and have a great day. It's a lot going on here. All right. Uh, who do we have next? Okay. Line two, Council, Councilwoman Arnold. <laughs> you made it. Good morning, Miss Arnold. Good morning. We're still operating in the dark over here in Oak Cliff 75. The lights are still out? Yes. Oh. So I'm fumbling around here. Do you want to give out Encore's number if you can for people that might be in the same situation? If uh, they got cell phones, maybe because the landline might be out, but the wind is high. But go ahead, Miss Arnold, and before you leave, give out Encore's number, emergency number if you have it, because I'm pretty sure some people can use it this morning. 
Yes. Well, let me just say this. Uh, most of it, uh, I don't have that number right here on this phone number right now. Just give me a second. I'm sure staff can send that to me right quick. Uh, because most people now are getting at least a blurb that uh, their their power is down and it's going to come back with a certain at a certain time. And I'm going to try to make some calls, too. The, the one thing I did want to say while we're waiting for that number is if you have any family members in your household who have medical conditions, such as the need for uh, oxygen, uh, that's directly tied to the need for electricity, that there is a form that they can uh, secure from Encore in order for them to be kind of tagged so that Encore know where they are. And so they become, we become, um, put them on a kind of a priority uh, network. So I want to make sure that uh, I put that out there. So I also got a text, um, I guess you all are talking about COVID as well. Right. All right. Have we been able to at least ascertain that in this district we have um, Good Street, a New Birth Baptist Church is, is available? Right. Now, go ahead. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but I live over there, so they do. They have been testing there. All right. So, New Birth Baptist Church, we do have a uh community uh, network that is providing vaccine, uh, not vaccine, but testing on Monday, Thursday, Friday, and I want to say on Saturday. Let me try to pull this up right quick on this other notes because I am reading in the dark. Um, so that, that, that I think if we start about, but uh, hold on one second, I hate to be pausing, but I'm, I'm trying to go through a couple of, of dark spot. So the COVID testing is at Newburgh Baptist Church 444 East Ledbetter. Open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Monday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which means they are there today. Now, pre-registration is not required. It helps to speed up the process. The bottom line is you can register at secure.denttrusttops.com but with all that being said, just go ahead and get te- go ahead and get over to the church. We're not seeing hundreds of people at a time, so they can process you. It might take you 15 minutes to get processed, but the important thing is that you're tested. And we're also working to get a partner that can give vaccines. But our people are still not responding as they should be with the testing. So I wanted to make sure I, I, I underscore that. Also... Uh, on Encore, this is a number that they can call. I have 888-313-4747. Give it one more time. 888-313-4747. Okay. And they can call that number. But it's so critical uh, that we're that we understand the importance of getting in our cars going to these sites to get tested and are going to a site that you can be vaccinated. And right now, many doctors are providing the service. Some Walgreens are providing the service. You're going to have to be more proactive and look at Google, look at the Dallas County website, check the city of Dallas website, check and listen to the local news. Right. So those are things I definitely wanted to touch base on. And I believe, I don't know if Dr. Edwards is still there. No, he's not in here. He was just, he was calling in. He was a, okay. All right. So he did talk about the clinic. Right. 
right. So we're very excited about that clinic coming. And uh, did he mention a target date for opening? Uh, I don't think he did. Okay. Well, I know they were targeting uh, possibly the beginning of, 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 of March. But that means so much, uh, Mr. Ike. That's a transformational investment in our corridor and in, in, uh, in that Glendale shopping center area down in uh, over, uh, Ann Arbor and Marcellus because that's where many of our uh, ailments have been identified right. through the test with diabetes and other respiratory issues. So we're going to support uh, that initiative. But, but, you know, we have to stay woke and we have to stay safe, but we have to get educated. And that's the whole purpose of taking care of business down there in that corridor. We've got to improve our lifeline. Uh, down in that corridor and our health. So those are things I did want to add, and I appreciate you all being patient with me. But as I said, I've got to work on this other issue of surrounding us with, with the uh, blackout here in this in this neighborhood. All right. And we thank you, Ms. Arnold. Ms. Thank Arnold. you for your service. Come before, on. Ms. Okay. Arnold. Ms. Arnold. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am. Before you leave, very, very quickly, I would just like to take this opportunity to publicly thank you uh, for uh, bringing our children, the South Oak Cliff football players, uh, down to City Hall. Uh, to thank them and congratulate them. Uh, I uh, am just uh, overwhelmed with the outpouring uh, for our young people. And you and I both know, you're a former educator, you and I both know that these positive experiences for our kids will make a big difference in their life and what they look forward to. These are memories that they will never forget. And so uh, I personally thank you as the councilwoman uh, for that area, uh, for making sure that you did something to actually um, honor our, our children. That is just uh, extremely important. And also thank you for working with the South Oak Cliff alumni uh, to be able to put on an additional parade downtown so that this will be um, another great experience, which will be next Saturday, I believe, at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yes. But this will be another great experience because too often our young people hear who they're not and we don't tell right. them who they are and oh, who they could true. be. And I just, my heart just uh, jumps for joy uh, knowing that you have taken uh, an ex extensive step in trying to make sure that you gave them an opportunity to come to City Hall. Many probably have never been to City Hall, but gave them right. an opportunity to come to City Hall. And then again, that the South Oak Cliff alumni uh, will in fact celebrate them one more time uh, with a citywide parade uh, that they deserve. So thank you from this trustee's heart. Thank you. Well, we appreciate that. And let me just quickly add now, I know, I hope we're not really up to a break, but we are going to have an extended timeline with SOP because we have the parade, but we also, I have to say this, uh, between uh, Mr. Carlton Dixon, I believe, and former Councilwoman Tiffany Young, they were able to secure a donor for jackets for that entire team, those gold professional uh, jackets that you see some of the Cowboys are winning. Uh, mm -hmm. So gold, gold jacket 
and we were able to, through my staff, not my staff, my uh, community members, we also purchased those black ties with the golden bear on it. I understand they're supposed to get rings, so we're going to be working with uh, some of the alumni to make sure they get a banquet or some other some celebratory event when they receive all those things at one time. So we have that coming. And so we're going to make sure we support the educational cycle, too. We're not going to party, party, and interrupt right. the educational cycle. But as you stated, this is a memory. You only get it one time. You only come this way one time. And so we want to make sure they know we appreciate the investment that family has made, that entire faculty, I don't care if the custodians, librarians, or who, it takes a whole village right. to support a so I don't. I, we're going to continue to share and, and trust you, Foreman. Thank you for your leadership and your advocacy, and especially getting them where they are now with their building. Uh, you and the other former trustees, Blackburn and Nuttall. Nuttall. We just appreciate that because it's going to take us to take care of our community. So thank you so very much for your voice. We appreciate your support, but we're going to support them. Uh, as long as we can, so that we pass, we pass, they pass the baton, we pass the baton on, so they also come back and continue to take care of the South Oakland community. Right. So thank, thank you all so much. For thank you, Miss Ong, and be careful fumbling around in the dark. Oh. I know it. I know it. <laughs> so the Hall of Fame jackets. That's what someone just told me. They're called Hall of Fame jackets, and I'm just excited to have an opportunity to be a part of this Well, quickly, just before you get off, is that those jackets are designed by Carlton Dixon, who is a, I believe, a Lincoln graduate. That's great. And uh, an African-American who owns his own business. So not only are we honoring the young people from South Oak Cliff, we're also honoring an entrepreneur who looks like us. Right. All right. Yes, yes. All right, we'll follow back up and thanking those Cowboys who came out for the championship championship conversation. It was wonderful. Wonderful. We'll all right. All right. All right. Y'all thank you, Miss Owen, and thank you for your services. Uh, all right. Thank you. Let me say this right here. Uh, before we go to our next, we we're not up against a break yet, but uh, we have to shut off if I'm not mistaken, ten minutes early, right? So if y'all gonna call, don't wait till the ten minutes too, <laughs> and it's sanitizing time. Because if you got something to say, I'm gonna try to push it through. For we won't have no lot of people on the line. So uh, who's next? Line four, we have G. G. Good morning, G. Oh, good morning, radio station. Now, how are y'all doing this morning? I've just been tuned in on you and been listening to all the good talks and all the good remarks and the doctors and all. And I just thought I'd better uh, get my little remark in here before y'all get off the line here. Okay, go ahead, G. Get, to get it in. It's your time. And I have a question. You know, um, I'm concerned, sister, and also, you know, I'm in the midst of all this stuff that, you know, I feel like uh, I'm on my own. Uh, family members and all, and, and I just wondered, uh, I mean, what do I do? You know, I'm all vaccinated, I'm all flu shots and all this stuff, boosters and all this stuff, and, uh, but you know, I've, you know, we've got family members around that don't want to get vaccinated. What do we do? We, do we go and visit with them in the garage, and, or do we keep them six feet away from us, or, you know, with the grandkids and all? So, you know, I'm just wondering about that. Well, I'm down to you. I'm just going to tell you like old folk used to tell me, just do the best you can because yeah, there's no yeah, 
There's no playbook on this. This is a whole new game in town. There's no playbook. Uh, try to encourage your people to do what's best for them because so many times when they do get sick and they wind up in the hospital or uh, can't breathe, the only words they can say is, uh, I should have got the shot or I should have did this, but it's too late. So uh, just try to encourage them, and you stay encouraged because, like I say, you're only accountable to, for yourself to do the right thing. We can't. Yeah, yeah. We're not accountable for everybody else. Because I know it's the right thing to do, but I sit around and I see this kind of stuff, and I said, now, well, how do I handle this? You know, I'm going to stay prayed up. First of, first of all, I'm going to give it all to God, first of all, and I already have gave it to God because I know uh, this, this this virus is, is real, you know, and they're right. talking about this other virus coming out, this I hate you, or I you hate, something like that. Have they uh, seen that uh, in, the, in the mix anywhere in the background? You know, the, you know, uh, man, that's supposed to be coming from Canada or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard of that, but I, that. I just know the Corona hate us all. So I don't know about the. There's just so many new versions coming out. So I don't. See, I can't. Yes, I can't yes, speak yes, on yes, that one. One right after another one. So it really pays to to have the good common sense. You know, I mean, you know, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for other people because you know. Uh, I mean, we have to get out and go shop. We have right. to go to this. We have to go and do and pay, take, take care of a few things. Right. We can't just sit and stay shut up in the house and uh, to try to keep, you know, keep, right. keep away from germs and all. Right. So it's just not right, and it gives me the uh, it gives me the creeps to think. Well, I mean, you know, the, you look at a person, he ain't got no mask. Okay, don't right. open my face. Right. You know, you, they, I mean, you know, they look at you like, okay, so what? You know, you get all this kind of stuff going on in the world. It's just evilness and stuff. And I just thank God for the radio right. station, Doctor Bennett. I miss him this morning, but I, you guys are doing a good job. Right. All right, I'm I'm up against a short break, and uh, I got ten minutes left after this, and I'm gonna try to. And thank you for your call. Be right, and I know I might, I might be getting ready to cut, start cutting y'all short, but we got. To, I want to let these people get a chance to talk, and uh, so uh, we up against the short break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back in our last segment. We got ten minutes left, and I'm gonna try to honor and let y'all do some talking. But nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have next? Uh, we have Eric, line one. Eric on line one. Hey, Eric, how you doing? This is Jacob, Eric Jacob the Fox. Okay, Eric, how you doing this morning? Before you get started, Eric, I'm not going to be rude, but make it short because uh, we got, well, we don't have uh, 20 minutes, we got 10 minutes. Uh, I spent a little money the other week. Uh-huh. I ran, uh, in six days, I ran three, three and a half miles in uh, 40 minutes, and in eight days, I ran four miles in 27 minutes. So, uh, but, uh, you ran eight miles in 27 minutes? In eight days, I ran four miles in 27 minutes. It took me six days to run three and a half miles in 40 minutes. Okay. And then I, and, the, and the fourth day, uh, I mean, it was just the ninth or tenth day, I couldn't run with two miles. And I called Ann Shelf and said, do it till you peak out. Okay. But I had already been through $700 worth of stuff I got put to the side. Mm. So I got, I bought 400 more dollars worth of stuff when I got my stimulus check last week. So I had that together. So I still, I got everything together. I can fight young and compete old. All so right. I, I, what I'm trying to say is, uh, at my age, age 60, I can teach young folks that they can have a family and be a good boxer. Right. 
And that's what I do. Nobody can do it better. Okay. Well, we thank you for your call, Eric. I hate to cut you off and stay in shape and stay in courage. And uh, who do we have next? Line three is Leon. Good morning, Leon. Good morning. Uh, who you rooting for? And uh, how about them Bears? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All so, right. Yeah. Them Bears. We've been talking about the Bears this morning. Uh, but anyway, uh, since, since I got, I'm, I'm kind of short on time, what's on your mind? Well, you know, uh, when we had that first celebration, uh, I saw some people who I didn't normally see at the school. For instance, uh, the Dallas Mavericks bus was out there selling Dallas Mavericks T-shirts and stuff. And I'm saying to myself, uh, well, I mean, why are you out here selling Dallas Mavericks uh, T-shirts at the Sox celebration? And then where have you been all these years? Uh, because, uh, you know, I do a lot of volunteer work out of South Oak Cliff. And we need people on through all phases of the academic process. And we understand that people want to celebrate, which is great. We want you to celebrate. But also, we need other support in other areas, and we want to see other people come out and try to support the educators and the kids throughout the educational process. Right, right. So if, you know, uh, don't just show up when we at the AT&T Stadium. We need to see you throughout the year and we need to some of these other organizations with big bucks, right. like the Dallas Mavericks, donate some money to us. Right. So some of these kids that need uh, essentials that they really, you know, because of their financial situation, they afford, we need that help also. All right. Well, we appreciate that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know what a Dallas Maverick was, but I know they, they've been over there out there Turner. So I'm not going to say what they're not doing. I'm, you know, we, we put out stuff, and I'm not going to I'll go back and forward to debate, but uh, I do see where they was over there at Earl Turner, and they were doing different things for the elementary kids over there, and I appreciate that. So uh, thank you for your call, Leon, and uh, who do we have next? Uh, we have Mr. G. Mr. G again? I thought we had Mr. G. We did. Okay. No, it's Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T. Yeah, like Mr. T, like the T guy from the A-team, Mr. T. Okay, Mr. T, uh, you're on to, uh, okay. what's on your mind? Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. So, I understand everybody is paying attention to the vaccinations. I know that's really important. But people should really pay attention to this crime surge that we're having. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really more important than the vaccinations that people are talking about. I don't know if it's more important, but it is important. But go ahead. Yeah, the reason why I mention that is because if you're not paying attention to the gun sales and the crime surge that's happening, is more in that. So it's profit and crime. Remember that. So I just want people to realize, I know you want to get the shots to protect yourself, but also remember physical protection is even more important. So just remember that. All right. Thank you for your call, Mr. T, and we will remember that. So uh, who do we have? I haven't answered it yet, but uh, hold on and, and what? Get, get this person right on. All right, go ahead and ask. Don't put them on. Just answer and see what it is first because they mess around there and be Donald Trump or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but Ms. Ms. Foreman, uh, he's right about crime, but uh, and we look at what's going on in Dallas. It is crime is going up, but it's a, a lot going on. The police is uh, stressed out. They got to protect themselves not only against criminals but against COVID. So, uh, we, we, we got James. Who? James. 
Okay, we got James. Uh, good morning, James. Yes, this James in Palestine. I appreciate what y'all doing. I always miss it. Former Mr. Arnold and Ike. And I, what Leon was saying a little bit ago about how they're making money off of, off of South Oak Cliff and all. This is a concern I've been having all along. I know you all have in Reverend Barnett. They want to come over there and make money off of us, that old slavery mentality, but come over and do some donation and give some things to the people and the children and everything. I just wanted to say that much for right now. I'm always praying for y'all and stand ready to come to y'all side from Palestine, Mr. Wynn and I. We thank y'all always for what you do. Thank God bless. you so much. Thank you. God bless. And I'm not going to take any more calls. I'm going to let Miss Foreman now have the last words. But let me say this right here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a maverick fan. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to criticize them neither because I've seen some things they're doing over, like I said, over at their attorney. they over there with the elementary kids. So I don't think they can just drive around. And, I mean, uh, when y'all go out to the Cowboy game uh, 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 tomorrow, somebody call me and let me know how many of them was out there giving away jerseys and T-shirts and free Cowboy caps and tickets to the game. Just let me know how many I'm giving it away free. So, but anyway, Miss uh, Foreman, I'm gonna let you uh, have the last thoughts on this, and we'll get ready. So, uh, thank you, Ike, um, and and thank Reverend Barnett for this this opportunity. Uh, what I will say is is that we can't get caught up with adult issues dealing with children. Right. Um, Dallas has over 230 schools. And if an organization gives to one school, they've given to Dallas ISD. And we have to be clear that we don't want to turn away any donations for any schools. And we want to be open to try to have the business community and other organizations to work with us when they have to. That's a that's an important issue for me. So let's not get caught up. Right. Let's not get caught up and then run people away. Right. And who's making money? And, and we, we out there and, selling sandwiches. Yeah, we can't we're mad at them by selling jerseys. We can't run people away. This is this is not our time. This is the children's time. Right. Uh, I am a firm believer in academics. Uh, and it, just check my record. Academics are extremely important, but sometimes to get to the academics, we have to have uh, things like sports to get our children to the academics. And so we need to work on it on both fronts. And we need to be open-minded enough to work with anyone who comes in and want to be able to assist our children uh, in regards to right. anything that they're trying to do. And this situation with South Oak Cliff, let's not get it twisted. It's Dallas ISD has won other championships. Mm. They've won other championships in track and basketball and other things, but in Texas, football is king. Right. So it's not like we haven't won anything else. And the celebration is because in Texas, football is king. And so South Oak Cliff has taken it to another level. The king of the kings. The king of the kings. Right. South Oak Cliff has taken it to another level in terms of what is is important in sports. So I applaud them right. in the utmost. But I got Carter and Kimball who have won basketball, uh, soccer, track, track 
uh, golf, swimming, wrestling. <laughs> so we this this is we, we don't need to get it confused, and we need to be open enough to invite everybody in uh, to support us. And lastly. Uh, I uh, encourage you uh, to stay aware of what's going on with our next superintendent search uh, so that we are, as a community is engaged in this total process. I know we have to cut off now, but you will be hearing more from me about staying engaged to make sure that we get the right superintendent that will be able to work with nine trustees and 150,000 students along with 20,000 employees. Uh, it's a big job. Uh, we got to make sure that we get the right person in and I am ready to do all of the work that I need to do uh, to ensure that we get that done. All right. We are about completely out of time, but before I go, I hear that Dr. Hinojosa might be running for mayor, but before we sit down and have that conversation about running for mayor, I want to know, where is the $84 million? Y'all have a great weekend. God bless you and join Reverend Barnett back next Saturday. And thank you and have a great day.